0: You are listening to Things That Matter with your host, Mamzelle Adolphine. Today my guest is Miss Alicia Boyd, a community organizer and leader of the movement to protect the people, also known as MTOP. Alicia, thank you so much for being here with me today. You're welcome. Um, I came across an article that was in the Village Voice uh, that was written in May. 2015, the caption reads, Brooklyn activist is making life a hell for her community board. <laughs> and in that article, the journalist quoted the former district manager for Community Board 9. He states that she said, you in you, you never volunteered, never did anything for the community, but you have come out of the woodwork to give the community board hells, so to speak. What has been your response to this claim?
1: Well, she's right. Um, up until 2014, I basically was just a homeowner. Um, I had a quiet little house. I planted my gardens. I participated in my block association. Um, we won the Greenest Block of Brooklyn in 2013, but I was not politically active in the community. However, that changed when there was the idea of putting a 25-story building up against my house, and I was told that.
0: So this is when you decided to found
1: MTOP. Right, It, it was in April of 2014, a year before she made that comment. And that's how people get motivated into movements, is something happens to them that touches them, either emotionally or psychologically or physically, And then they decide to say, hey, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to step forward and I'm going to, you know, have my say or I'm going to correct the wrong or prevent a wrong from happening.
0: What kind of support did you receive for doing this from your friends and from your family? Um, Well, we have received a lot of support, especially
1: within the community. We were able to organize and get a lot of uh, different block associations involved in this movement. Um, we were able to get people from outside the community supporting us, and inside the community. At one point, we actually got four thousand signatures on a petition to stop the, the potential rezoning um, in my backyard. Um, so we've received a lot of a lot of support. We've also received a lot of um, negative uh, reports, um, especially from our local politicians. Um, because they wanted this development as well. Um, And when we were able to stop it, they had a lot of very negative things to say about us as a group and as a community. But um, we've been so so far very successful in stopping a major rezoning in our community from happening.
0: Um, I note also from reading some of the articles and listening to some of the newscasts that you have been removed more than once by the police. Arrested. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. I like to say removed, but it's
1: actually in handcuffs. <laughs> so it, these were all arrests.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. For disrupting community meetings. Um, why do you use this particular tactic? Because I know that some people have talked about your tactics mm-hmm. and they referred to... You're, you're being very loud mm-hmm. and disruptive. Okay,
1: Well, it's called protest. These are protests. When you go into a community board and you go into a meeting and they're violating the law, you have the right as a citizen to protest. You have a right to raise your voice. You have a right to chant. You have a right to... Um, say that you don't like what's happening. It is your First Amendment rights. And I was exercising my First Amendment rights, and that's why three out of the four cases were dropped because my attorney could prove that I was exercising my First Amendment rights. Now, they look at it as disruption because it's obviously stopping them from getting what they want. So their depiction of it is, oh, she's disrupting. But obviously, I'm exercising my First Amendment rights, and that is to object to... Improper behavior, unlawful behavior, and behavior that's not in line with our so-called democratic process.
0: I get the impression that they were referring to also, uh, to the manner in which you, you speak. I mean, what do you say about that? Were they expecting you to maybe meet with some of the community leaders in a meeting and speak softly about the issues. Well, I don't
1: think that they you know, we've approached them and we've asked for countless meetings, like say for example, with the Borough President and with the police department. They just refuse to meet with us. So it's not they'll say, Oh, but she hasn't met with us, she you know, but it's not true. They don't want to meet. And it's not really even my tone or the volume of my voice. It's the information that I'm disseminating. They don't want to hear the facts, and the facts are what is being presented. Um, So I constantly am being targeted because they know that I'm knowledgeable about my subject matter, and they don't want me to disseminate the information.
0: Yeah, I um, also came across a flyer. I was actually visiting the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, and I came across this flyer that some of your members were handing out. And the caption of the flyer said, Say no to Cornell Realty and run them out of town. <laughs> I would like you to, to talk to us about what, what, is, what, is, what is at
1: issue here. Um, when we were able to, uh, we've been able to stop the rezoning from happening in the community. One of the targeted sites for that rezoning was uh, a piece of land that borders the Botanic Gardens. In 1991, the Botanic Gardens went to the Department of City Planning and got a height restriction along this border, and that was to protect the garden from not only imposing shadows that could be created by buildings, but also to maintain the visual integrity of the garden. Um, And this was granted. They had height limits of 6 to 7. However, it was determined that that area will be rezoned during the rezoning process. but that didn't happen because of our pushback and pending lawsuits right now in the Book of uh, Supreme Court. So they working around that, they decided to do what you call a spot rezoning. and, that, and these are much smaller rezonings that just an a, a, a individual property owner can request a rezoning for their site that they own. So instead of um, getting the massive rezoning that would just allow them to build as of right, they now have to ask for a spot rezoning where they have to go through a, a political process. And Cornell Realty in 2014 brought up property along this perimeter with the intention of a rezoning. The rezoning didn't happen, so now they have to do what you call the spot rezoning. And in their paperwork, they plan on Violating, they want to violate and break the six, seven story height limit and put up 17 to 20 story buildings on this perimeter. And so, what we are demanding is that the Euler process, during the Euler process, that the elected officials say no, that our local council person, Lori Cumble, say no to Cornell Realty to continue to protect the Botanic Gardens, and to enforce the height
0: limit of the six- and seven-story buildings. But what does the Botanic Gardens have to say about this issue?
1: Um, well, the Botanic Gardens, over the last five years, their leadership and their boards have changed dramatically. At one point, they had a lot of Ph.D. people on there that were very much concerned about you know, greenery. Now there's a lot of developers on the board. And so there's been a shift in the, not the membership, but the board's direction. And so now the board is basically saying, well, as long as there are no shadows cast on the garden, they are not objecting to development. So they're not worried any longer about the visual integrity of the garden. And this is really a major issue for the members of of the Botanic Gardens, because one of the reasons why people go to the gardens and go to the park is so that they can kind of get away, escape from the urban landscape, you know, and um, seeing you know a slew of towers along the perimeter, and one of the most, pish, uh, I I I I'm trying to find the word, one of the most beautiful spots in the garden where there's the pond, and then there's the, um, the, the greenhouses where you do the weddings. It's a beautiful space in the garden. They then have these massive amounts of, you know, ugly buildings on this perimeter. It's really disturbing. But the garden, um, because their leadership has shifted and changed, um, in some ways is supporting this development. Because they're not coming out and saying no. They're basically saying, oh, well, as long as there's no shadows, we don't mind the visual integrity being destroyed.
0: And so you are leafed, uh, distributing leaflets so that the members of the garden would have a sense of what's happening. Yes,
1: well, we we, we did that in <laughs> below zero degree weather, <laughs> below um, um, freezing weather. Yeah, we were out there on Saturday, um, I was like, 19 to 25 degrees, handing out flies, letting people know about the shadows and impending shadows. But now that the garden has made an official statement, we're going to be letting um, their membership now know very clearly that the garden membership is not supporting uh, the idea of preserving the visual integrity of the garden.
0: You said that the garden membership is not supporting this. Is this the the feedback that you got from well, um, well, the members this, when you no, should the deleting? Not the not the
1: membership, okay. not the members, but the it seems to be the administrative body of the garden because their elected their person who represents the garden made an official statement uh, two days ago at the the Cornell Realty presentation, and this is what he said. And so he represents the administrative body of the garden. And we will be letting the garden members know that this is the garden's position and asking the members to try to put some pressure on the garden to come out and say no to this development. Not that development is okay as long as it doesn't create shadows, but high-rise development is not okay because you're going to destroy the visual integrity of the garden.
0: So you mentioned that you were out there, you and other members were out there in like 19 degrees temperature, <laughs> leafleting, right? Uh-huh. What, what sort of um, response did you get from the members?
1: Oh, we got absolutely a positive response. People were like, oh no, oh no, signed out petitions. We got over 300 signatures on that day, as cold as it was. Um, You know, people were saying, no, 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 we don't want this. No, we want to preserve the visual integrity. No, we do not want high-rise development. We're tired of development going up everywhere in the city without any um, understanding or any acknowledgement that certain things still need air, light, and sky (laughs) and sun. Sun, air, light, and sky. You know, not everything needs to be boxed up and... You know, and our air needs to be stopped, and the sunlight needs to be prevented. There's certain certain institutions that should be um, free of these types of um, obstructions, and the members believe very strongly that the garden is one of these places.
0: If you have to name one major success um, that MTOP has had. Which one would you choose?
1: That would be the stopping of the rezoning. Um, We are the only community of color who has been able to stop a major rezoning that had been planned by the Department of City Planning, by the mayor's office, by our local politicians, including Lori Cumbo, uh, Councilwoman Lori Cumbo, uh, Borough President Eric Adams. Um, They all wanted this major rezoning and we were able to stop it. And this is, it was the first time that it's ever happened.
0: Remind us again about this major rezoning issue. Where was that? Oh, the rezoning
1: was occurring in CB9, Community Board 9, which borders the Botanic Gardens and Paz Bay Park, and that's why they were targeting this particular community. Uh, the area was from Eastern Parkway all the way down to Claussen Avenue, and from the border of the park and the garden over to East New York Avenue. So it was a it was about 55 blocks. They were targeting Empire Boulevard and all the major corridors, Nostrand, Bedford, Rogers, Washington, Franklin, um, Flatbush, all to be upzoned. And um, they wanted 20 stories, 30 story heights in this entire area. It was supposed to be just Uh, a gold mine for them and the idea of having just massive amounts of development that would then um, overlook the garden overlook the park um, you know and allow them to just build as as high as they wanted possibly um, from
0: 20 to 40 stories Uh, Recently I was exiting the subway station and ahead of me there were guys and one guy was saying to his companion that you know it's a waste of time for people to protest against um, Donald Trump at the moment because he has already been you know, elected as the president of the United States mm-hmm. so similarly I know that many people have said that you will not be able to stop gentrification mm-hmm. in um, you know in, in your community what is your response
1: you know, um, if people believe that we could not change, we will still be enslaved. We will still be enslaved as slaves. We will still be, uh, we will still be classified as there will still be slave masters and slaves. If people did not believe that change could happen and that the power structure can be forced to change. We will still have Jim Crow. And, you know, we will still have to step aside when we walk down the sidewalk. Um, or we will still have to sit in the back of the bus. Clearly, that perception is incorrect because everything changes. Um, old systems break down and new ones get replaced. And the new ones are healthier. Um, we keep progressing as a, human, as a human race. And we keep getting better. We're not going backwards, we're going forwards. So to sit there and say that resistance doesn't work, people need to just look at history and see that it does. It's not easy, you know. It's not an easy. It's not an easy task. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of will. It takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of arrest. It takes a lot of work, and it takes people doing work on a lot of different levels. But we can do this. Yes, gentrification is happening. But I can tell you we've been able to slow it down. We may not have been able to stop it, but we've been able to slow it down. We have seen other communities where they've gotten rezonings and it has completely wiped out Williamsburg, massive rezoning, almost wiped out the the original people that were there. That has not happened here. We're still maintaining. You know, black folks are still in Crown Heights and still in Flatbush, and we're not going anywhere. We've been educating people. People are not getting the buyouts anymore. People are fighting back. And we are making our politicians told a line. Our politicians are beginning to change their tune. Our politicians are beginning to fight with us um, and not against us. So there has been a shift in the political Awareness in our community because a lot of our efforts and our politicians, because they want to get reelected, some of them are actually fighting for us.
0: You mentioned earlier that it's not easy. What impact has this um, involvement in Mtop? Um, what's the impact it has had on your personal life?
1: It's consumed my personal life. My my whole life is now this work. Um, you can't do this kind of work half willy-nilly. This is something I wake up in the morning and I go to sleep with at night. Um, this is my job. This is my part-time job, my full-time job, and my extra job. <laughs> and you see
0: yourself being able to do this for some time to come?
1: Yes. I mean, you know, I... I I do have a spiritual background and part of my spiritual background is that I will be provided for. This work is something that I have to do, I'm doing it, and in that space, spirit will provide for me. And so I do this work, I don't get paid for it, I do it very well, I do it with my heart and my soul, and we are successful. And that keeps us moving and that keeps us moving forward and that gives us confidence and we keep building upon our successes. And, um, and it is my life.
0: <laughs> well, Alicia, it was great having you on mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the show today. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do so. So yeah. until next time, this was Things That Matter with your host, Mademoiselle Adolphine.